Thank you for joining me again as we continue our study of the book of Hebrews, particularly focusing on the use of the Old Testament in the book of Hebrews. This is Doug Beecham, and I hope you had an opportunity to listen to the podcast from last week. That podcast uh, brought together elements of the life of Jesus from the end of Hebrews chapter 4 into the middle part of Hebrews chapter 5. And that podcast closed with uh, building a bridge, if you please, from the way that uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about the ministry of Jesus as our great high priest, building a bridge not to the Levitical priesthood, but to a priesthood that uh, prefigured that and was prior to the Levitical priesthood, the priesthood of the shadowy figure out of Genesis 14, Melchizedek. And when we closed that podcast last week, I told you we would take some time to look at the Melchizedek figure. We're going to do that. But before we do that, I want to spend a little bit more time with you uh, focusing on that, that portion of Hebrews 5 that describes Jesus in these words. This is in uh, Hebrews 5, 7, talking of Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. I've been intrigued about this thing of Jesus learning obedience. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that. The uh, uh, Gareth Cockrell, whose commentary I've used as a, somewhat of a framework for all of this, Cockrell talks about the parallel expressions of prayers and supplications on one hand and cries and tears related to Jesus that are described in verse 7 of chapter 5. Thinking about what does it mean that Jesus learned, learned obedience. Learning is an expression of discipline. When it says that Jesus learned obedience, it doesn't mean that he had to learn in the sense of correction from sinful activity. We know that Jesus was sinless. Though we know that, as I've talked about extensively in previous podcasts, Jesus was tempted. The awareness of temptation itself is not a sin. The, it's, it's the succumbing to the temptation where sin enters into the picture. Jesus, though he was sinless, yet experienced the full spiritual, physical, emotional, mental impact of every sinful temptation that comes to every human being. So this issue of learning obedience is not, uh, again, it is is not about that Jesus was you know a bad boy and got spankings and uh, had to go to confession and things of that nature. Rather, it has the sense of ordering one one's life in accordance with the divine will and the purpose for one's life. And we're going to see that connection that's going to occur up, uh, related to Jesus, it's going to occur several more times later in the book of Hebrews. The, I got thinking about where and how did Jesus learn obedience? Well, first of all, it occurred in his home with, uh, with Joseph and Mary. 
Several passages in St. Luke reveal, reveal this. First, they reveal that the Mosaic law was fulfilled in Jesus' life very early when he was circumcised on the eighth day. Now, as an, as an eight-day-old eight child, he obviously doesn't know anything about that. But what it does tell us is that his earthly father, Joseph, uh, and his mother, Mary, knew there were things of obedience to the law of God that had to take place. We also know that Mary fulfilled the laws of purification. You read about that in Luke 2, uh, beginning at verse 22. The second thing that I found interesting in Luke 2 is that twice remarks are made about that Mary kept things in her heart that are related to Jesus. You find the first reference is in chapter 2, verse 19, and the second is in verse 51. In verse 19 of Luke 2, the writer says that Mary pondered these things in her heart. That's an interesting uh, interesting Greek word that's used there. It, it's a word that denotes the pulling together of different kinds of experiences. It's like Mary is, is thinking about her own life. She's thinking about her encounter with the, with the angel Gabriel, her visit to her uh, uh, kinswoman uh, Elizabeth, the all the pieces that are a part of that, the uh, message that comes from the shepherds, everything. She starts taking these pieces and creates a sum. She gets the big picture. It's like a puzzle being put together, and you're taking the pieces of the puzzle, and you don't really see what the picture looks like until there's a certain point in the puzzle that all of a sudden enough pieces are there, your eyes and your brain show you what the picture looks like, which makes it easier then to put the rest of the puzzle together. You know what you're looking for. That's what the word ponder means there in verse 19 of chapter 2. She, she, is, uh, she is filled with the Spirit. She's a woman who knows the Word of God. She's fully obedient to God's call in her life. And she is putting together the pieces that not only describe her life, but will ultimately describe the life of her son. The third point is that in Luke 2.40, it tells us that the child Jesus, quote, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. As you think about this, this early part of Jesus' life up to the time when he's, uh, you know, 12 years old, through his childhood, Jesus is nurturing, he's growing, he's nurtured in an atmosphere of grace. Very likely his father, uh, Joseph, his, his earthly father, uh, what we would call stepfather, has, has taught him how to be a carpenter. Uh, Jesus learns what that means. I've heard uh, people who are in the carpentry trade say, measure twice, cut once. Jesus learned that kind of lesson. And uh, he, he didn't have all of that just automatically programmed in his head. He had to learn that. In, in Jesus' day, it was known that children began education of the Torah at five years of age. The Torah refers to the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis uh, through Deuteronomy. At age 10, children studied uh, the Mishnah. The Mishnah is the oral traditions that are related 
uh, to the obedience to the Torah, which is very interesting because when Jesus talks later in his ministry about the traditions of the elders, these are traditions he's known and understood since he was a preteen. He, he's able to see the value of those traditions, but also able to see how those traditions can stand in the way of what God's purposes are. The evidence of what Jesus was learning at five years of age, ten years of age, uh, this is seen in the episode in Luke 2.42. At 12 years of age, Jesus remained in the temple and taught the teachers of the law. This was at Passover. And it indicates that from an early age, Jesus was taken to Jerusalem to fulfill the Torah command in Exodus 23, beginning at verse 14, that regards the free Jewish feasts where every male was expected to appear annually before the Lord, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover, the Feast of the Harvest, and the Feast of Ingathering. Luke 4.16 tells us that it was Jesus' custom to regularly visit the synagogue in Nazareth, the same synagogue where he had grown up hearing and learning the Scriptures. He probably uh, went to some form of... uh, Uh, what we would call today catechism or memorizing scripture in relationship to that synagogue. In addition, it's quite interesting, as I made a point a few moments ago, the expression there in Luke 4, 16, when the people who know Jesus, who comes in and he teaches what is called his inaugural message, they say, is this not the carpenter's son? It probably, again, reflects the discipline of the trade that Jesus learned. Now, Jesus' life is not described for us in the canonical uh, scriptures between the ages of 12 and 30, but it is likely that his habits of prayer developed during those years. It's, it's very unlikely that Jesus at 30 years of age all of a sudden decided he would uh, take the lessons he had learned and when he was a child up to 12 years of age and then all of a sudden become committed in prayer. It seems very likely that his entire life, his teenage years, his, the, the years of being in his 20s, that all of this were period, was a period of time when the habits of life, the habits of devotion, the habits of prayer, the habits that informed his relationships, he was able to develop them so that he could discern and hear the voice of the Father for the beginning of his ministry. We know that he continued to learn throughout his ministry, and that's evidenced by the temptation story at the beginning of his ministry. And there are numerous passages in the Gospels that describe the continued need for private times of prayer that Jesus had with his heavenly Father. Jesus needed times alone with his Father in prayer. Mark 1.35 tells us, particularly after a, a series of events of healings and teachings that are described in the opening chapter of Mark, that Jesus departed to a solitary place and he prayed. In fact, it it seems that he would often not tell his disciples where he was going, and uh, he would just go. And Mark 1.36 seems to indicate they actually had to go out and search for him and find him and, and really sort of bring him back from that time that he needed and wanted with his heavenly Father. Well, I wanted to make sure that in this podcast, we took some time to reflect on the larger issues related to Jesus learning obedience, because there are great lessons for you and me in how we learn obedience that God has called us to learn. 
it is important that we keep in mind the focus of Hebrews 5.8 is that Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. That's the emphasis in this text. The emphasis is not on the other that I just described, but the other is important for us understanding the framework out of which Jesus learned obedience. You know, most of us do everything possible to avoid suffering. Jesus, on the other hand, entered into the midst of suffering, and that suffering is reflected in the cruel death that he experienced. There are lessons of dependency, of divine faithfulness, of profound self-awareness that can only be learned in suffering. I, I would encourage you, go back and reflect on Isaiah 53 as it talks about Jesus as the suffering servant. And as you read Isaiah 53, think about the depths of suffering that Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane and then on the cross and what he was learning through that. Uh, one last thing uh, before we, we close this podcast. It has something to do with the, the meaning of obedience. One of the primary words used in the New Testament for obedience is based on, uh, on the noun uh, or the verb. I'm going to use it as a verb, akuo, which means I hear. Uh, we get our, you can hear our English word acoustics from it. You put a prefix on the front. The prefix is hupo, which means under. You put that prefix on the front of the, of the verb akuo or the noun akue. You put that prefix on the front and you get the English word obedience. And it's a word that means that I intentionally come under a word that comes from outside of me. For Jesus, he hears the voice of his Father. He has, he has learned the voice of the inspired scriptures in Torah and the prophets and the writings. And he intentionally submits to come under the authority of those words. That's what obedience means for you and me. When you and I are learning obedience, we are hearing the defining word over our lives. We're hearing God speak to us of what our destiny is and what God's will is for our lives. And to obey means I come under the authority of that word and I submit to it. We're going to come back to a little bit of that as we start the next podcast. And then we're going to begin to move really specifically into Hebrews, uh, the latter part of Hebrews 5. It's going to carry us partly into chapter 6 and then into chapter 7, talking about this figure of Melchizedek that's been introduced to us in the middle of Hebrews 5. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, join me again at 